Hi everybody, welcome back. Another fantabulous World of Tanks ANZPL interview. Today I am joined with the big energy there from Donga Lord from Adelaide Action X. How you going, Donga? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. Just uh, yeah, almost blown away by the weather today, but you know we'll we'll get past that. That's uh, it's just interest. Been an interesting day in Perth. I'll I'll give you that. But we're not here to talk about weather. We're here to talk about World of Tanks ANZPL season five. Can't believe we're at season five already. Yeah, it's been a been a long journey, um, but mm. a good one at that. That's it. You've you've been playing since the beginning, I think, haven't you? Uh, I came in uh, in season two, so I missed out on season one. Still, that's two years to be playing. That's a that's a good stretch. Yes, a lovely yeah. stretch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting time for tanks at the moment as well because you've got the new patch that's come in. Um, we're seeing a new, few new tanks come coming in as well. So uh, the the Minotauro made an appearance last week, and the I'm, I'm going to have to read this off my notes because there's too many letters and numbers in it. But the AMX M four fifty four as well made a yeah. made a bit bit of an appearance last week as well um do you think we'll see a lot more of those because i kind of remember when the the vz55s came into the the lineup and they were around for a bit but you don't really see them so much anymore um i think the m4 is gonna be a fairly strong statement piece though with the way the tank's been buffed it it's a very nice middle ground between an s Concony 100 uh so it kind of bridges a gap that wasn't really there but the Minotauro, I'm, I can't really see it fitting too much into the meta as much as the M4 is, especially because it's such so slow after it did get nerfed. But I think on maps like Moravanka, where you're having to be forced to push into a very difficult, usually defense to break, that tank will shine very heavily. And I think we could probably see it more heavily used there, maybe one definitely but two depending on how well teams are wanting to stretch on it it's an interesting thing as well because normally you see more the heavy tanks or the light tanks maybe a one or two light tanks at most just to do that bit of scouting on some of the bigger maps you don't normally see a tank destroyer come out yeah it, i mean it's it's the way the meta is the meta changes and develops each year i mean pl has gone it's changed so much since season one and season two come to where we are now but even light tanks were moving away from moving more towards uh, camo up bad chats, which can do a very similar role to a light tank, but have a much more effective combat capacity. Mm -hmm. Exciting times here. You, you're not, not going to see too many manticores out there these days. Unfortunately not. <laughs> well, a bit of a fan, are we? Oh, you know, Action X, we always love to bring out the light tanks occasionally and, mm -hmm. you know, use some cheeky new bushes. I think was was it CJ's a particular fan of the Manticore? I think I remember him bringing that out a few times. CJ's a big fan of the Manticore and the T one hundred and yeah. finding some interesting bushes. Yeah, <laughs> just up that camo rating and just sort of stay there, see what happens. Yes. Um, but you know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the meta because I I've been watching the Matildas a little bit, who were your opponents on last Friday night, and like. They were the Conquerors last year, but last, oh, sorry, last season, but they had picked up, I think, was it three of the ex Matildas players who were part of the championship team that won season three. And this year as well, you guys traded Saxon to them and got tracks in return. And I find it interesting watching their game style, being that they've really got that 
that rolling in numbers. I think as Cthulhu said on on the cast, it was apes strung together. Yeah, because and it, you know, if you can pick somebody off, it it can work. But those strats that were working for the Matildas in the lead up to the season three championship that they won don't seem to be going as well for them uh, in season five. I think that's it's. I think that's a twofolded answer there. I think the way the meta is at the moment with the map pool has allowed it so that it's more not as much just pushing with five DPM tanks. It's now more kind of working these small engagements with um, alpha tanks instead, um, mm. especially the M4E100 being 500 damage. But you also, I also look at the old Matilda's roster versus now, and obviously you're missing Bales and you're missing Bolognese. And I think those are two very big players and key players for that team that really made it work really well. And I think that's what, is maybe hindering them a bit. Mm-hmm. I think maybe there's a bit of hesitation happening on calls. Well, I've got to say, as a Panthers fan, I'm very happy that we picked up Bales and Madhouse. Those were two very big names that that coming to the Panthers roster. But, you know, I think think uh, we've talked about other teams enough just now. Let's have a chat about the Action X. And you guys are going, going pretty well this season. Uh, three rounds in, you've had two, two outright wins and one outright loss. Uh, the loss came against the Scorpions, which, let's face it, they're, they're a... a a hard team. They've been up there for so long and runners up in the grand final last season. But I think the big, big win for you, you guys was beating the Sentinels. Uh, how, how did, how did that feel like? Cause that you got, got to not be scared, but be extremely wary of them. Oh, definitely. Uh, they're mm-hmm. a very, very strong team. They've got a very strong starting five roster, which they bring most weeks and well, they're they... very confident. You can't have to show them respect every time you post them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and we yeah, I think there, there's quite often some things about the the roster, and particularly early in the seasons. Generally, you can catch the Sentinels unaware because they don't bring their A grade roster, like their best starting five. But I feel like when you beat them, they did, and you just matched them with with great strats and great calling. Yeah, I think the team we have this season is a very strong team. I mean, we have speed and tracks were very good additions there. It, it's allowing me to more sit back into the auto leader role than having to help focus on strats so I can kind of be a bit more effective in the game because I now have tracks and speed just to replace what I was trying to fill in for CJ. Mm-hmm. How's Gloucester fitting into the lineup coming up from the, the B League there? Uh, Gloucester's fitting in quite well. Like he's, I mean, obviously there's not as much experience in the 5v5 format as the rest of the team, but he's finding his feet. He's not new to competitive in general and we've all played with him um in other formats of competitive so it's really more just getting up to scratch and just finding his feet really mm-hmm. yeah i think i think uh he's, he's got some can be developed into being uh, quite a good player for you guys so i think he was a good pickup in in the draft but uh but let, let's have a bit of a chat about um about your one of the matches that you had on friday night so uh, we're going to talk about the last round on Ghost Town here. So this was your your map pick, and um, once it, like like we're saying, I kind of find it interesting with the Matildas because they uh, they did do the grouping up. They've come in and like grouped up here, where you guys have done the more sort of traditional scouting thing. You sent a super conk down the two line. Uh, you've got the the fifty B back at A four to keep an eye out there, and the IS seven to to look down like the eight nine line was that was that your your plan to start with just get that vision through scouting and see what you could see yes 
Our plan was just to kind of just play it slow, sit in a very linear setup so we can all, everywhere is able to support each other uh, and just kind of eliminate areas. It's, just, it's always just a process of elimination of figuring out, all right, they're not here, they're not there, and we can start, you know, moving around the map and rotating to where we think they might end up. That's it. And with the vision you had, you could quite clearly see down if they were making a push down the the uh, eastern flank there to to maybe the the one flag, which you don't often see, but sometimes you do see it. And like the super conch as well, seeing if there's anything maybe coming coming in around the back here to to provide support for the two flag push. But uh, eventually, they they the Matildas did push onto the two flag um, and put the two IS fours right here. And you guys were coming around, but it was. I'm not quite sure what the play was from the Matildas, but um, Joe Torre here decided to push off. And um, looking back at the the footage, he didn't have vision on on your two tanks here, the E100 and the IS7. Um, but he, they he knew that the IS4 was there. So I don't know. I'm wondering if maybe he thought that that was alone, and maybe there was a half call to push on onto. I think it was Val um, there, but Real, really, what were you guys thinking when when you saw him push out on his own, and all of a sudden you're going, "Ooh, free farming." Yeah, it was a it was a bit weird because um, obviously Val was spotted, and I had been spotted uh, coming into town, and mm. I, it was seen that I was coming towards the corner of D six here just to kind of help get resources for the cat when need be. Um, but pushing out, I think. I mean, I can't know. I wasn't in their comms, mm-hmm. but to me, it's just a miscommunication. It can just be as simple as someone saying, maybe we do this and maybe their mic cuts out or you don't hear that maybe it's like, so it's just, we do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that play wasn't to count about. I think it was more to count as speed because I believe speed had rotated down into, it was somewhere down to here from one line and mm-hmm. uh, he was kind of caught in a crossfire between a 50B and I think it was an E100 here. But yeah. They were more th- looking just to pick uh, the SCOM. Because, yeah, at, at the time, I think Val and the S-Conk were, were lit up and their 50B was rotating around because I think the 50B was the one that got most of the damage into the, the S-Conk there. Uh, but then as as the game progressed, um, after after one of the IS-4s, you got rid of that and you had Dark sitting here on the cap. Um, look, it was always going to be harder getting rid of that with one tank and then you know s conk is was low on health by this point but really that that's one of the beauties about being on defense isn't it is that you you can you sort of sit back a bit and all you have to do especially when they've only got one on the cap is drive out and put a shot in and then drive back out doesn't even have to do a lot of damage you can load that that he ammo and just get make sure you pen yeah um i mean we traded out one S Conk for one IS four, and I think that's a good trade because we still make it a four v four. I think we also got some bleeders with some other tanks like Dark, and I believe Whipper took some bleed as well. So mm-hmm. overall, it's fairly favourable for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and really at this point, because um, at some point Dark Dark has driven off as well um, and gotten gotten eliminated. So it, it's down to a three on four, and really by that point, it it was your game you were you were in control here and as soon as um the 50b went down i think you were you were in the the adelaide action x 50b i think yes yeah, yeah so you you took down the other 50b um and then i think it was the s conk 
that went down and once that happened all four of you just converged on the e100 and and got the win and won the series as well so um i feel it's a, like an, an interesting point i know we're only three rounds into the series but we've already got a four-way tie for first it, yeah it's a it's a pretty tight competition like who do you guys see as being the major threats at the moment I think the major threats, I think coming to the Sweet Panthers, obviously with the addition of Bales and Madhouse, we mm-hmm. don't exactly know what to expect from that roster. Bales is a very competent bat shot player, so I'm mm-hmm. sure he'll give myself who'll probably be in a bat shot at 50B a very good uh, run for my money if we do have to encounter mm-hmm. each other. But outside of Panthers, it's I still think it's going to be Scorpions and Sentinels, even though we've been Sentinels. And we still have to show them the respect they deserve. They've won... Mm-hmm. Uh, Premier Leagues three times. Yeah. yeah, three out of the four championships have gone to the Sentinels. You know, you you can't count them out, and th- and their lineup has pretty much stayed the same, which is amazing when you think about it. Yeah, I, I mean, Scorpions as well. Both mm. both those two rosters not really changing. I think that does speak to how well they do their drafts. I mean, they mm. actually get very good teams early on in the season. I think that did give them advantage over the others, but I think. Now with Panthers and um, obviously Adelaide Action X, I think we've, between us four there, we've got some very strong rosters. But that's not to say that Matildas and Comets rosters aren't a slouch over. I think mm-hmm. there's maybe just some few holes in terms of gaps that of players. I think it's quite exciting watching the Comets play because they bring some different strats. Like I I, I feel like there's, there's sort of accepted strats in the Pete. P-E-L, but um, like they do things a little bit differently. Like uh, there was an attack on Muravanka where they sort of drove a couple of tanks down a little bit further along, I think, um, the zero line than you probably normally would, but it gave them a little bit more protection as, as well at the same time. And even, even the first game on Himmelsdorf where they were only playing with four tanks, they just put them all in the one corner and that that came very close to to working out for them if they if they'd managed to get just focus fire a little bit better that could have been an interesting match winning against uh, the scorpions with only four tanks yeah i mean i think having comets up into the league is good because at the mm. end of the day it's a it's a new eyes from a different caller so power mm. obviously bringing a fresh set of eyes new ideas who knows what could come from that it could be in New meta development, there could be new strats, there could be a new position discovered. Mm. Just, you never know uh, yeah. what team is going to be able to do that. But I think that Himmelsdorf one where they, there was a four and five, I think that high, for me that highlights that even though like Scorpions may be walking and thinking it's going to be a very easy win, you still have to show teams a, a certain level of respect going into games because like Matildas as well, it, they can just take games away from you and then one game can turn to two, two can turn to three, and then at that stage you've lost the series. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. you still got to show show respect and focus on your game because all it takes is one little mistake and you can come undone. Or just just look at, um, uh, I, I think it was the on Muravanka as well, the game the Comets won where they capped out. Well, I don't think anybody was really thinking they would cap out. And by the time, I think it was the Matildas had rotated to try and get the shots in it was too late yeah i think uh, i mean you, mm. you never really expect a bird cap to work because no. it's something everyone expects to be happening but again you're right like there's they they weren't ready for it they didn't mm. think comets would do something 
that ballsy, but they did. One thing um, I'm always interested to see is the new maps that come in, in to the ANZ PL as well. Uh, have you guys been scrimming the Sieg- Siegfried line very much at the moment? Yeah, of course. It's a new map. Mm. Obviously, we're going to put a lot of attention into it, going to study it and figure out what is viable, what isn't, um, more than the other maps, because obviously Ghost Town, Proc, all these other maps we've played for four or five seasons now, so mm-hmm. we have a fairly good understanding of But Siegfried's a... It's good to have change. Yeah. Um, it, it's even interesting to watch over the last few, few weeks of the PL happening and how like the defenders used to come all the way south through the town and try and hold the attackers at the south, but now they seem to be sort of more holding back to the north of, of the town and letting the attackers come through because you've got those good cover and good firing angles. If the, the attackers drive through the city, all of a sudden there's three tanks shooting at them. Um, and it, it's in- interesting that the strats have come that far already. Yeah, it's just a lot of trial and error, obviously. I think uh, mm. coming in, we thought field was, everyone was just going to play field. It's going to be field central, bash hats, everything. But uh, mm. obviously teams are more, when to lean off those M4s now. So mm-hmm. obviously we've had to adjust to what people are starting to bring, uh, look at what Matildas are doing. Uh, that's what we looked at prior to going in, study, make a baseline and then go from there. But even then, the way the map is, there's just so many corridors, so many different little angles that you can play that can just make what seems to be a push viable. One tank can change that and just an S-Conk sitting on a ridge. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, round four of season five this Friday night sees you taking on the Panthers. Um, we already spoke a little bit about how how the pickup of Madhouse and Bales is really like the, it's added an extra dimension to their lineup. And really, even before that, with uh, JS and Twit, um, I sad to see Lightning Man go, but obviously play, players move on like that. But then you've got Goober still, and God Mode comes in to pin, pitch it. They're uh, they're no slouch lineup. Um, any, uh, I, I, I always want to ask, you got any sort of, what are you going to do to do them? But you don't want to tell us that because, you know, then Panthers might watch and find out, find out your strats. But like, um, is there any one, one play that, that if you could isolate and remove from a game early that, that you would, you would take in a heartbeat, even if it was like a one for one trade? I mean, it depends on the map. It's, yeah. that's a very situational question. Yeah. I don't think it's down to, a certain player i think it's going to be more down to a certain position mm. um that's uh, that's why i look into i don't look into who is playing i look into just what the lineup is mm. if i start looking at who's playing i my mind's elsewhere um i think the team is on that same general area that i am so mm-hmm. it's more about picking positions and making the right picks and bleed over trying to just take out a certain mm. player more about the tactics of the game than trying to just highlight one particular person. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, cool. Well, Donga Lord, thank you so much for having a chat with me. I've really appreciated you making some time uh, to come and chat and good luck on Friday night. Beautiful. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Donga Lord, for popping in for that interview. It was great talking to you and especially with how well Adelaide Action X have been doing at the moment. Can you believe they knocked off the Sentinels? Like, they're reigning champ- three-time champions and they knocked them off. Yeah, 
let's go Adelaide. Woo. <laughs> it's pretty exciting with the new lineup on their team. They're certainly mm. performing um, better than last season. That's that's it. I think the 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 trade that they did. Um, well, it's definitely worked out well for them because trading Saxon to um, what is now the Matildas and getting tracks back. Um, yeah, the Matildas haven't been going so well, but uh, but yeah, they've stepped stepped up the um, stepped up the the pace there, especially speed as well coming back. Like he is a a top notch player, and and uh, and cannot wait to see how they go on through the season. So yeah, let's uh, let's have a chat about the results for last Friday's ANZBL there. So um, you can see Adelaide Action X beat the Matildas 3-1. Uh, Perth Panthers took on the Comets, uh, beat them oh, 3-1. we both had a winning week. We did, yes. we did. And then and then the Sydney Derby, the replay of last year's grand final, the Sentinels defeated the Scorpions 3-1 there as well, um, which makes for a very interesting ladder at the moment because, it, uh, yeah, look, looking at it, we've got four teams both on two outright wins and one loss. So yeah, not even like tiebreaker wins or losses in there, just flat out two wins, one loss. Yeah, oh. I'm trying. Oh, okay. I was trying to work out like I saw the tiebreaker win and loss, but that's Cairns mm. and Melbourne against each other. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That was the first round where Cairns uh, beat beat the Matildas to to get their, that tiebreaker win there, which was uh, – look – we mentioned it to Dongalord, but I'm really liking the inclusion of the comets in there because you're seeing some different strats. Like with a lot of the maps, it's quite not bogged down, but there's established strats that work and what people expect. Um, but with the comets coming in, there's some new strats coming out. Um, even with with the Siegfried line with the new map, it's it's interesting to watch those maps and see them evolve. Yeah, that's cool that uh, they're throwing a few different strategies in the mix, keeping yep. it fresh. That's it. Um, so let, let's have a chat about fantasy. Like, um, so I forgot to put in my um, my fantasy team last week, Natty. And, uh, so did I. <laughs> and and somehow I jumped like twelve spots. So I'm considering just not putting in a fantasy team for the rest of the season and see how I go. Yeah, I, I have to put all of my love and thanks onto Doggerlord because um, I have him in my team because I love having Natalie boys in there. And, uh, yeah, 423 points, top top scorer for the Fantasy League this, this good, round. Good job. Yeah, no, that's definitely some uh, some good po- – that's a massive amount of points. So you, like yeah, normally huge. normally you see him sitting around like the, the good players like mid 300 sort of thing but to break 400 that's that's a huge game right there for him so congratulations to Dongalord. um but then of course we got next week's matches so uh what's going to be it's going to be a cracker game first up here the panthers versus the action x um and i, I apologize in advance natty for for your loss coming this oh. friday yeah oh mm-hmm. i see how it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you you just watched Donald's going to pull it out again. That's it. No, yeah. That's it. JS will be coming home. It's okay. We got this. But um, but you know, it's going. It really is going to be a top notch game. Um, mm. and be interesting to see after Donald was talking about the uh, the new takes with the AM the AMX M four fifty four that he seems to be a bit of a fan of there. Um, bit of like you were saying, a good mid range tank with the the new patch that that kind of like fills a gap between the the 
the light light tanks like the T T one hundred LT and and some of the like the Super Conk and whatnot. So if it's got some good damage and can got a reasonably good speed, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm yeah. I'm uh, I'm keen. I can't wait to see it. Um, and then we've got uh, the North Sydney Sentinels coming up against the Comets. So this one. Um, Look, after the the Comets took the tiebreaker win in the first week, I was uh, I was very excited. Um, they've had a couple of rough weeks so far. With uh, like the the second week, they only were able to field four players, which is always going to be a hard hard thing when you're already a tank behind. Um, and last week, obviously, with the three one loss as well. So seeing how they'll perform against the Sentinel, it's either going to go one or two ways. I reckon the Sentinels will just either blow them out of the water or the Sentinels will be too relaxed and the Comets will take advantage of that. And they'll bring out some really insane inventive strat that will just go catch them with their pants down. I mean, you're assuming that the Comets are preparing for a hard fight. I think they're going to hmm. pull some something out that's going to make us excited to watch. Well, think, fingers crossed. Like, just just to be competitive at least, to have, have some good plans there. But... Um, yeah, like I said, I've liked seeing the Comet strats, but the Sentinels, they have strats upon strats upon strats. So it's it's gonna no doubt gonna be a hard fight for them, but uh fingers crossed they can pull something out there. And then the last match of the night, um I've just realized the screenshot says Australian Eastern Daylight Savings time, but I don't think Daylight Savings has started yet. I think that's the first week of October, I think. I don't know. Oh, I'm not sure. I was going to say, we don't do daylight savings here in the West, so I've got no idea when it changes. No, I, I should know because it impacts me, mm-hmm. but we haven't had the swap over yet. Yeah. Um, just so when I, it is, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm, I'm reasonably sure it usually happens around the beginning of October, so I don't think this week is in daylight savings yet for the East Coast. Um, but, yes, in the last game of the March, last game of the night sorry the scorpions taking on the matildas which will also i don't know matildas will be looking to jump back um they mm. they've they haven't won a game yet they've got that tiebreaker loss so they've got a point on the board at least but uh yeah they'll they'll be looking to to get that win there against the scorpions so we'll uh, we'll see how they come across for that one it will be interesting yes, I, I think after the um you know the skirmish that they had with adelaide as well that mm. sydney might have their confidence rocked a little bit or was that the Sentinels you were saying? Um, yeah, Adelaide beat the the Sentinels. Ah, um, uh, yeah. But yeah, the Scorpions are coming off a loss as well. They had two mm. straight wins and then the loss against the Sentinels. So um, yeah, and with how tight it is at the top, like, all these teams will be seeking to solidify their their position up top as well. So, um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to the the Panthers Action X game because that that should be a banger. Awesome, mm-hmm. I agree. Cool. Um. So let's talk about LCO. I know the split's over. I know Chiefs Chiefs won. They only dropped one game in the entire series, which is an incredible feat. Um, insane. I know. <laughs> it's just insane. <laughs> but um, I want to talk about some other stuff here because we've got some viewing numbers for the LCO. And uh, looking at it, average viewers for the stream sort of peaked around the 5,000 mark. But absolute peak viewers were obviously happened in the grand final that was at DreamHack, um and that was almost eighteen thousand viewers concurrent oh. viewers that that is a huge amount that is 
really incredible. Mm. What I, just considering that's on top of the crowd that would have been in Oh, Evans. yeah, and I think I saw there was, uh, like, obviously not at this one game, but I think I saw somewhere the DreamHack had something like 21,000 people over the weekend, which is oh, a, wow. a, a really great amount of, uh, of people coming through there. Um, but uh, from the stats, I quite like as well that the second most watched game was the the Friday night final at DreamHack between Order and PGG. And the difference between them was only a couple of hundred viewers. Like, um, oh, wow. Yeah, so the, the grand final had 17,894 and the, the playoffs with Order and PGG were 17,500. So, look, I, I think... Like it, there's something to be said for for finals. Like they're always going mm. to bring out more viewers, but I think the fact that these were live as well, people wanted to tune in. They wanted to see what was going on on the live stage, and uh, like I'm, I'm super excited. I, I cannot yeah. wait to uh, to see a land event. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. That I'm going to get an opportunity shortly, but that's a little bit later in the show that we're going to talk about um, because. Now we're talking about League of Legends now, so let let's keep sort of a a semi natural flow going. And, and, and <laughs> I did want to quickly say on this, mm-hmm. I like that it was consistent across the two finals games mm-hmm. because it kind of speaks more to people being fans of the game and not following just because of the teams that are involved. If that yeah. makes sense, yeah. Like I'm, yeah, what you see it when there's not a Victorian team in the in the in the yeah. AFL finals that it does you know yeah. impact or, things or um, like or like there's no Western Australian team in it, so nobody in WA cares about the AFL finals yeah. anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I I do like that, and I um I like I would like to see some more stats about like where the other, like because there's the other play there's another playoff game between Direwolves and Kanga. Um, that also featured up there, but their um, fourth place for the viewing with just uh, with nine point two thousand um, viewers was a week two game between Direwolves and Kanga. Oh wow! So that's that's very interesting. Um, yeah, and it, yeah, it's gonna gonna be interesting to see coming into um, Split One next year because I think th- this is something that I don't think um, think we've mentioned yet. But Gravitas is not returning to the the LCO lineup, and instead Team Bliss has taken over that that spot. So uh, a new team be interesting to see what they've got. Especially they'll have a um, unfortunately have a bit of pick of players with Order as well. Also not not returning. So that's. Uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see yeah. if they can manage to pick up just the team straight mm. out or if there'll be some negotiating there. Yeah, and I, I should say, like, I, I said that Water isn't returning, but I think that's probably going to – I should rephrase that as a might not be returning because I've mm. seen a few posts from, from some of the team searching from for other opportunities, which is fair enough, like, they, they want some stability as well. And unfortunately, order doesn't have that stability being in voluntary administration right now. Um, yeah. But- it's it, it's so many balls in the air because we mm. don't know. We're assuming order isn't fielding a team again. So not only are Gravitas being replaced by Bliss, but potentially there'll be a new, another new team mm. in the league as well next season. So yeah. it, it's, well, it's hopefully going to mix things up a bit, which will be exciting. Well, I just hope that, that they... They're competitive. Like Kanga was the surprise card in this split, 
um, and I loved seeing them play because they just improved and improved and improved, and mm. to the point where they made play. They not they took piece out of playoffs. You know, this is our the um, no, sorry, they they went to Worlds last year. I was going to say they went to MSI early this year, but that was order that went to MSI. Um, but yeah, like the, this this is a a, a world class team that has competed on an international stage, um, and yeah, they stopped them from getting into finals. Yeah, yeah, but, but um. Speaking of worlds, though, um, we have some results about what group Chiefs are going to be in at the uh, um, at Worlds starting very very soon, 29th of September. That's what what date is it? Uh, that's yeah, a couple of couple of weeks away. So it's it's very exciting. And what's more exciting about it is it's it's a challenging group, but it's a very makeable group, makeable out of group that's not really a phrase but um yeah it, it's 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 there is a world where chiefs can get out of the playing stage yeah absolutely um we were having a quick look at the teams because even we weren't familiar with all of them just because mm. some of them are from smaller regions um so it does make it really interesting and competitive i really really like that we're in the same um, group as brazil again i'm hoping mm. for some spicy socials again yep. over the planes <laughs> they need they need to get um uh, winston winston in to do some socials because yeah he built such a good rapport with the brazilian fans from uh from when pgg went to msi last year um but yeah look it, it's it's still a hard group. Like you've got fanatic and evil geniuses in there that, that are always going to be tough to beat, but like there's, there's a lot of other sort of smaller regions in there, like beyond gaming from, from Taiwan and loud from Brazil. It's yeah. Like with, with the run that the chiefs had and how good they are, there's, there's every chance of them making it uh, out of the play in stages. Yeah, definitely. And it, it, it's just exciting even having that glimmer of hope mm. and it, and it's not due to the fact that we've got one less team in our group, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. has happened and yep. has been our glimmer of hope of recent, uh, recent um, international events. So it is, yep. it is nice um, mm-hmm. to have that competitive um, opportunity there. Yep. So for, for those that don't know the world's format, because um, worlds is different to MSI, uh, with the, the there's a bunch of teams that have already qualified for group stages, um, like Dam One Gaming, Cloud Nine, G Two, Hundred Thieves, Rogue. Yay! Go Fudge! Go Fudge! Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. That was worth. Oh, I would cheer for Fudge as well if I wasn't che- cheering for Chiefs right now. But um, yeah, well, they're, they're no, not in yeah. the same group, no, so no, we can not, cheer not, for, not for yet. Cloud Nine. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. There are two groups for the play-ins, Group A and Group B. The team that finishes on top gets entry into the group stages with those other teams that are already there. Then the the middle four, well, I think the middle four from each group um, play off to find out who will fill the other spots. So the bottom two in each group will unfortunately go out the back door um, and then there'll be their playoffs to work out who will fill the other two group spots. And then from there, um, I think it's the top two from each, each of those groups and the group stages will go through to quarterfinals and like that normal bracket for quarterfinals, semifinals and a grand final. So um, it's going to be definitely interesting keeping an eye out on it. And like, 
I'm happy you mentioned Fudge there because we were talking before and I think you and I saw the same tweet that said there are more OCE players at Worlds than there are NA players. Yeah, yeah. which was a really interesting statement to kind of unpick because at first I was just like, no, surely that's not right because um, the Chiefs team does have two imports and I was like hang on that means we've only got three players how do we have more than NA but Mm. we've got fudge which Mm. bumps up our numbers and that makes us more than um the North American teams which is cool (laughs) yeah which is which is interesting like I don't like I know there's at least one North American team I don't know how many other NA teams I'm going to assume there's at least one other NA team but the fact that our four OCE players beats their NA players. It's a little bit staggering to me. Well, you know, we're just that good. Yeah. Aussie, Aussie expats are the best. Oh, yeah, that's it. And New Zealand, of course. Although I don't don't know if there's any New Zealand players in mm. there. But uh, but yes, um, we've got to, got to remember our New Zealand brethren for, for the OCE love there. Yeah. Um, for anybody that enjoys following a good story, um, the Score Esports at the moment have a video up about um, Rogue qualifying. So um, it's the first time I think they've qualified for Worlds. And their top laner has been competing in competitive LOL since 2013. Oh, wow. And it's his first Worlds and the first time that he's been with a team that's won Um the region so it's a bit of a cinderella story for him to be able to get to worlds which is really cool just just quietly that sort of storyline reminds me of um oh what was there was that that league show i only just watched it recently players yeah players and like there's um oh what's his name Cream cheese. Yeah, cream cheese. Cream cheese. (laughs) Or not not the other I I can remember the other one but I didn't want to say that one. (laughs) But um but no, I, I remember I, I just going because he took so long to get to an international competition, and I'm just thinking, mm. wow, this this is a real life uh, story of that. So yeah, that, um, that's just for amazing. anybody who's not sure what we're talking about, there's a there's a mockumentary on um, HBO mm. called Players, and it's uh, if following a fake team in um, North America that plays League of Legends and it's it's all about their trials and tri- tribulations following, you know, a, a local homegrown team that makes it through the ranks and ends up competing. But, you know, all the all the trials and tribulations you see regular teams go through, but they packed it into one, mm. one tight-knit story with characters that by the end I really cared about. Yeah. I really, really cared about them. Yeah, no, it's a very good show. You should watch it if you if – you, like – I don't know, like even after a couple of years watching, I don't know League super in depth, but I'm just sitting here watching it and going, I love this. Uh, it's oh. it's such a good show. It is Paramount Plus. Sorry, excuse oh, me. Paramount Plus. But yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's still really good. Everybody should go watch it. Um, but the next item on our list here is, and we alluded to it earlier with LAN events, but. Um, as some of you might know, Goa is going to PAX. Um, there's going to be a nice contingent of us there, myself and Natty both included. Um, I'm, ex- I'm excited. My um, my tickets came in the mail yesterday. So, uh, well, I've, <gasps> oh, I've, that's cool. I've got my badge. Like, I'm, I'm not going to show you the back of it because it's got my my, my address on the front. But, um, uh, yeah. but, yeah, so the nondescript envelope that might have anything in it. Um, but, but yeah, so, like, my tickets came for PAX and we're just really excited because there is going to be uh, a Rocket League event happening there. 
Yeah, so um, ESL, who have a strong um, history of supporting esports in Oceania and running lots of events, um, are hosting the Rocket League Grand Slam um, at uh, PAX at the PAX Arena. So they're, they're promising three days of um, excitement and action-packed fun um, for everyone. Um, and they're doing a lot of cool things alongside of it as well. So they've got um, a competition running um with that as well, sorry, I'm just going to quickly bring up the details because I lost it in my many screens, not as many as your five screens, yes. but <laughs> my many screens. Um, so it is um, the Quantum Grand Slam and it's supported by uh, JBL Quantum. So they've got a $10,000 cash prize, but also um, anybody that wants to enter, they can. There's a $50,000 JBL products um, prize up for grab. So yep. huge. That's it, open and closed qualifiers. So anybody, get your Rocket League team together at PAX. Go dominate. Yeah. Oh, I'm just honestly so excited. When I applied for my media pass, I always say I do the podcast with you, but um, this is the first time that we're going to an in-person event and it's actually going to be eSports, which is cool. I I was not going to lie, I was gutted when I did the sums and couldn't get the dream hack. Um, but this is just, I'm so looking for, and just the PAX weekend in general, like I'm so pumped for, but I am so glad I'm getting there a couple of days beforehand and I've got a couple of days after because, oh my God, there's just so much on. Yeah, it's it's huge, absolutely mm-hmm. huge. I normally completely nerd out and go into all mm-hmm. the panels and listen to all the experts, mm-hmm. but now I've got esports running alongside of it. I'm going mm-hmm. to be so torn. <laughs> But uh, definitely looking forward to that and uh, yeah, can't wait to see the ESL JBL Quantum Grand Slam um, happening there. Unfortunately, I don't think you can get tickets anymore because to get tickets, you would need tickets to PAX, but um, I'm sure they'll be streaming it somewhere. It'll be somewhere. Yeah, I think they've still got single passes available for the Friday and the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Just the three-day passes are all sold out and I yeah. think they might have sold out of the Saturday ones as well. Mm-hmm. But, but still, the the uh, the um, quali- the I think the finals are on the, the Sunday. Um, well, from the website that we've got for for this announcement, it says the main event is on Saturday, four team double elimination. Um, so I think I don't think there's anything on the Sunday. Um, so yeah, it, it's either Friday or Saturday to see the action for this Rocket League event. Um, but yeah, moving on, there was the, an interesting article you brought up, Natty, about um, about uh, something that happened in Valorant. Yeah, so the um, Valorant Champions um, 2022 event is on at the moment, and so it's, you know, the best teams around the world competing against each other. Um, We saw something really interesting happen in one of the lower bracket matchups that happened yesterday. Um, So for anybody familiar with... um, Valorant, there is a character you can play called Killjoy who sets up a turret. So, you know, you tore beyond your, you know, <laughs> um, I, oh man, my brain was going back to Team Fortress, but that's probably too old a reference <laughs> now. Um, and there's a known bug where the turret will shoot in the wrong direction. Um, so, what happened was there was a player by the turret. Um, and the turret went off so the player faced in that direction and then was shot 
<laughs> by mm. somebody coming from behind them because the player was distracted looking in the wrong direction. Um, so there, there was a bit of debate and a bit of discussion, but uh, Riot ended up making the decision to replay um, the matchup, which led to the team that won originally winning anyway, but it went to 30 rounds mm. of action before that was was decided, which is just, you know, a huge amount of rounds. <laughs> Yeah, look, I um, this is an interesting case because th that's that's a major bug. And like, if you set up a turret and it's supposed to point at your enemy, and it points in one direction, that's the direction you're going to face. Um, yeah. And the fact that it didn't, like, that gives the the team with the turret a severe disadvantage. So yeah, I kind of like that Riot made the decision to replay the round, um, but looking at the story and, and seeing some social media behind it, the poor team, uh, Exit, um, is copying so much flack for it. And they've had to come out and say, oh, we, we didn't request this. We we were, we were sitting out the back, you know, with with our feet, feet up, you know, having a beer after the game by the time they'd come in and said, oh, we're, we're going to get you to replay it. And, yeah, it's... it's I, I think it's a it's it's a good thing that they did replay it. I think that it's a serious enough bug that it deserved to be replayed. Um, and and yeah, I, I just I would I I like that they did it. Yeah. But, yeah, I find it really interesting. I completely agree with the discourse afterwards because mm. the exit, um, you know, some of their um, leaders have been saying, you know, we didn't ask for it. We we weren't, you know, crying mm. over the loss. You know, we recognise that it's a known bug and, you know, we just fell victim to it kind of mentality. Um, but I think you and I are on the same page. Like, if you can replay it, why wouldn't you? But mm. I think that delay, like that delay before yeah. they decided to, to replay, you know, was a bit frustrating for some people and you know the fact that it resulted in the same outcome anyway maybe is is you know something that people are looking at as well and going well what was the, what was the point but, yeah, but it went it went to 30 rounds so like that yeah, it gave exactly. ex, exit such a chance to come back and look i, I i'm just thinking if and it's not quite the. It's not the same. It's definitely not the same as someone cheating because there was no ill intent here. It was just a bug. Mm. It just happened. But if something like that happened in in a game like I play hockey, I played in a hockey grand final on the weekend, which we lost, which I'm gutted about. But that's not esports. But if so, if something happened in that game, and I don't know, there was an incorrect decision or one of the one of the opposition players, like yeah, I. If there was just an incorrect decision, really, we'll stick with that one because that's probably more, more comparable. But it's, I don't, I don't know. I would like the opportunity to replay it, and gen you don't get that chance a lot of times. And it's, it's great. I think that Riot took took that action, and I think it's a fair action. Yeah, yeah, no, I think oh, yeah, we're we're on the same page. You know, mm. like absolutely, you know, support. Um, fair competition where you can and replay seemed like the fairest fairest option but you know you me very cheekily saying not understanding anything about computer programming and knowing mm. full well it's not that easy why haven't they fixed the bug yet it's a man, yeah. man <laughs> bug um but the, yes i understand it's not that easy <laughs> yeah the, the only thing about it i might say is that if it is a known bug and it's that serious a bug in a tournament of this scale 
Riot, I think, should have had rules already set in place. So there wasn't that delay. So if this happens, we play it. You know, it, it's because it's, yeah. it's not a small bug. It's not like, oh, I clipped a little bit into a wall. It's, it's I'm looking the wrong direction because something in the game is telling me to look in the other direction. That's a really good thought. Like, mm. if you know that it's going to be an issue, have a rule in mm. place. So if it does happen, everybody knows yeah. what the expectation is. That that makes perfect sense to me. Mm. Um, yeah, I love that. But, but ten also, out of ten, get Jim to run tournaments. Oh, please don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Look, it's. I don't know. It just. It also depends on how how common the bug is. Like, given that we haven't really encountered it so much in competitive play. I I don't think it's that big a bug and well you you assume yeah. it's not that often because mm. they wouldn't be playing that character if it was oh yeah you know? yeah like you, you just avoid that character so mm. um yeah I just thought that was really interesting and and just the post discussion about it as well but um the, the event's still continuing um on so if anybody who's, who's keen to catch some good Valorant action that's still happening the Valorant champions event's still still mm. happening at the moment. It's awesome. Lots, of, still, lots of esports uh, going on. Even, even with like, we're sort of moving more into the international events now because this is when the time of year that they 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 start to all come together. Um, like at, at DreamHack, just gone. Uh, we got a qualifier for the HCS, which is the Halo competition for that that uh, international major in North America. Um, the, yeah, there's lots of great competitions that are going to come up internationally and cannot wait to see all our OCE teams. Cannot wait to see more of the domestic competitions that are going on as well. Uh, World of Tanks, ANZ, PL is still going on Friday from 7pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. And in a couple of weeks, the B-League will be starting up as well. So two doses of tanks every week. It's going to be great. Cannot wait to see those results and uh, but uh, thanks again for joining us, Natty. Great to have you back after a couple of weeks off. Yeah, it's very good to be back. Thanks for having me, as always. Straight. So, anytime. You're always welcome. In fact, I'm, I might just hand it off. You you, can, you know more about esports than me. You can go and do that. <laughs> no, no, we make no. a good pair. We, we do. We do. We've got a good cross-section here. So um, yeah. I love, love our Wednesdays recording and showing on Thursdays. So uh, cannot wait. And we will see everybody else next week.